Welcome to another vital message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. All right. If you have your Bibles, we're going to the book of John chapter 5. Today we're going to be talking about the imminent return of Christ. What does that mean? Well, imminent means it can happen at any moment, okay, at any moment. And we need to realize this is a doctrine of the church, the imminent return of Christ. And we need to make sure that we understand it and hold on to it. In John, the fifth chapter in verse 25, uh, Jesus said this, most assuredly. Now, when Jesus says really, 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 then we really need to listen. I mean, I think his word is enough, but whenever he says verily, verily, or whenever he says really, really, what he's saying is, listen, listen, listen. I mean, I mean, I always tell the truth, but I am really telling you the truth right now. Okay, most assuredly, can you imagine God having to say, listen, this is something that I know and I know it for certain, okay? That's how he is emphasizing this so that we would take special note of this. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Wow, what a promise. The hour is coming, he said, and now is. It is now the hour, he said. The Apostle John wrote to us, you may remember we've talked about it in 1 John 2 and verse 18, that we are in the last hour. And if 1900 plus years ago we were in the last hour, certainly we are in the last few minutes at least and maybe even the last few seconds. We need to always realize that since the, 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 the coming of Christ, his death, burial, resurrection, and the sending of the Holy Spirit that we have been in this last hour. And exactly what Jesus said. He said the time is coming and now is. The hour is coming and now is. When the dead will hear the voice of God, the word of God, and the dead will live. Now there are two things that Jesus is referring to here. One of the things he's referring to is, is the fact that lost people who are dead in their sins, people who are dead in their sins, when they hear the word of God, they will live. Now is the time when people hear, are you hearing the word of God this morning? Wherever you may be, are you hearing the voice of the Lord, the word of God? Now is the time when the dead, those who are dead in their sins, will hear the word Word of God and live. Uh, that encourage me so, and encourages me so much to share the Word of God with men and women that I meet. You know, a man came to my door to perform a little maintenance on some things we had installed prior to the hurricane. And during the hurricane, they got a little bit loose, um, some, some gutter stuff. And he came out to check on those. And wouldn't you know it, before he left, I made sure he was born again. He was born again, but he had left his, his salvation back behind him somewhere. Just a young man. Just a young man who looked like he had everything, you know, going for him. But, but I challenged him to make sure, and maybe, maybe you're listening this morning, you know, he wanted to know where he could find out more about this. And I told him where he could find out more. Maybe he's listening this morning. And I encouraged him, listen, you're born again. You make sure you live that. Don't leave Jesus behind. He wants to be an everyday presence in your life. He said, I needed that. I, I want you to know I needed that so much. Let me tell you, the word of God brings life to people. 
But Jesus was also referring to a second event that's going to be happening in a day to come. Whenever that trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise again. We are in that hour of the resurrection of the dead. This age, this last hour, this church age will not end. Now is the hour. We are in the hour in which the dead in Christ shall rise again. That gives me comfort and hope for the rapture of the church in this day, in this hour, when the church shall be raised from the earth. Wow. Well, there are three approaching prophetic dates that lie just ahead, and I believe we are right on the cusp of these things happening. One of them, of course, is the imminent return of Christ, which we will talk about in just a moment, which many people connect, and I connect with the rapture of the church. The second one is the tribulation period, which I believe will not begin until the rapture of the church. And the third is the battle of Armageddon. And many people get mixed up when they talk about the coming of the Lord because the coming of the Lord at, 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 uh, at, at the rapture of the church, the next time we, the church, the next time a born-again Christian sees Jesus, he will have a smile on his face. He won't set his feet down. He'll come in the clouds, and the church will be raised glorious, the dead in Christ, and we which are alive and remain shall be changed and caught up to be with him. That, that is the picture of what's going to happen in this hour. But there'll be another coming seven years, as I understand, after that. With the battle of Armageddon, whenever Jesus comes and sets his feet down upon the Mount of Olives. And, and that coming, you know, the world will not see him with a smile on his face, but rather will see him as a conquering king. Late in 2017, President Trump did what so many other presidents in the United States have done before him. He recognized the city of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Praise the name of the Lord. Many other presidents had done the same thing. However, in May of 2018, he did what all those other presidents failed to do. Many of them said they would but did not do in that he moved the embassy of the United States to Jerusalem as an act, as a, as a declaration that we not only say that we believe it is the capital city of Israel, but here is, you know, here's, here's our feet to our faith. This action stirred in the hearts and minds of those who follow biblical prophecy and of those who engage in end time events. It is well known and without argument that events occurring in the nation of Israel are meant to be a timepiece or a clock for the church to track the coming of the Lord and the end times. There is no doubt in my mind that we are in the last days. And we have been in the last days, according to Jesus, according to John, ever since the Holy Spirit was poured out on that day of Pentecost, on that 120 in the upper room. To add to this clock and its countdown, recently President Trump mediated a level of recognition, a brand new level of recognition and peace and trade agreements between the United Arab Emirates and Israel. The first commercial flight between these two formerly hostile nations took place last week. 
Neighboring Saudi Arabia and Bahrain will now allow these flights to traverse their airspace. Let me tell you, this is big. This is, is, is amazing. And it seems as though that Sudan, Bahrain, and Oman and others are right in the place where they are negotiating and should soon release some information about the normalization of relationships between their countries and Israel. As if these were not big enough signs for the church. Friday, the leaders of Kosovo and Serbia, you may have seen it on the news, they met with President Trump in the Oval Office at the White House, and they signed a treaty not only aimed at bringing peace between those two countries, Serbia and Kosovo, but also, both of these countries recognized Israel's right to exist, which is monumental. Listen, this is monumental on the church end time scale. This is monumental, knocking, uh, clicking off seconds on the clock for the countdown of the coming of the Lord. These things are of biblical proportion. As well, Kosovo will be the very first Muslim-majority nation to open its embassy in Israel. Listen to me, saints. Don't let these things escape us. We should not be those who, who don't understand what's going on and what God is doing. These things hold major prophetic implications. These, along with the ongoing political division in our nation, if you've not recognized it, there is a great division in our nation. They're riding in major cities, not only in the United States, but also around the world. Pandemic lockdowns and deaths, lawlessness in the streets, human trafficking. Do you know that one child every 40 seconds in the United States of America is abducted? One child every 40 seconds. And one out of six of those children are sold into the sex slave industry. $150 billion industry each year. Let me tell you, things should be showing up on our radar that we cannot, God cannot, let this go on much longer. Starvation deaths and plagues of biblical proportions all across the world all signal the Matthew 24 discourse of the coming of the Lord. In addition, a recent BBC report said that in 2020, locusts have swarmed in such large numbers as never seen in dozens of countries, including Kenya and Ethiopia and Uganda, Somalia, India, Pakistan, Iran, Yemen, Oman, Saudi Arabia, and others. The BBC reported that these 80 million locusts will consume and destroy the same amount of food that 35,000 people could eat every day. These things added to the murder hornets. Did you see the murder hornets? Whew. And the crazy destructive weather patterns. The persecution of the church. Churches in the United States being told they cannot meet whenever bars can open, whenever pothouses can open, churches can't, whenever gambling establishments can't have, you know, a, a 
50% and a church can't have but 50 people without regard to how big they are. And pastors being fined and churches being fined and ministers being arrested for nothing more than sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even outdoors, in open meetings. Combine that with the political divisionist. Have you been hearing the political divisionist and their rhetoric? Have you been hearing them? They have been beating the drums of secession and war. Civil war in our nation. Should not their candidate get elected? This should paint for us a clear picture of an impending apocalypse in the United States and indeed around the world. All we are missing are great hailstones. No wait. We're not even missing those. On May the 22nd, just north of here in Burke Burnett, Texas, near Wichita Falls, between five and six inch in diameter, hailstones fell crashing through roofs of houses and coming into the living rooms and destroying cars. And listen, let me tell you, we are in a time, in a last hour, in a last day's moment. What in the world could happen next? Whew. Where in the world do you turn for help in, and get answers in times like this? Well, the same place you always have, to the Word of God. Thank God that God is God. Thank God He's not confused and thank God that we have the answer. It's Jesus Christ. And thank God that we have churches that are preaching today the uncompromised word of Almighty God and are encouraging their congregants and their petitioner, their parishioners to stand strong in the face of adversity and persecution. It is time that we, the church, stand up to the challenge. And in every generation, the church has been challenged, first of all, to preserve the doctrine of Jesus Christ. To make sure that we don't end up leaving the next generation with a watered down word. With a word that doesn't work. We need to make sure that we are preaching and teaching the uncompromised word of Almighty God. Creator of the universe. Sustainer of mankind. And soon coming King. The church has always been challenged to remain doctrinally sound in the midst of a world that is out of control and a world that is at war with God. The two most important elements of truth that I will share with you today can be explained with two statements. Number one, the first statement, let me be very clear and very strong with this. We must be Jesus-specific. We must be Jesus-specific. I'm glad that you talk about God, but everyone will talk with you about God. What you need to bring up is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, Messiah of the Jews, and Savior of the world, soon-coming King, eternal in the heavens. Number one, we must be born again. Number two, the next doctrine we must hold to preserve, protect, and share is the imminent return of Christ. We read John 5, 25 a little earlier. Most assuredly, I say unto you, Jesus said, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. 
And those who hear will live. What will they hear? What makes people live? We are not a church that has a social agenda, just trying to make bad people better. We are not trying to just heal the minds and, and restore the confidence that people have in their fellow man. We are attempting to bring life to dead people. People who are lost in their sins and dead in their sins and are just about to go out to an eternity in hell where there is great weeping and gnashing of teeth, where the fire is not quenched and the worm never dies. We are doing our best to create an opportunity for people to hear the voice of God and live. And they'll hear it through the Son, Jesus Christ. No social gospel or humanistic philosophy will eternally save. It might help you to get a little better in this life. It might help you to make a little more. It might help you to have a little more peace in your world, in your life. It might make you feel better. But no humanistic philosophy, no other entity can save except Jesus Christ. We must be Jesus-specific. There are so many false gods and false religions in the world. Every one of them with some kind of God that cannot save. Only Jesus. He is the only hope of salvation for a lost soul. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3 and verse 7 that his good works could not save him, that his money couldn't save him, his religion couldn't save him, his prayers could not save him, his political affiliation. Listen to me. Your prayers, your prayers to Mary cannot save you. Listen to me. Your prayers to saints cannot save you. Your baptism as a child in to a church cannot save you. You must be born again. Don't be afraid of the truth, for it is the truth that will save your soul. No priest can forgive you of your sins. No one but Jesus Christ can grant you absolution. And you find absolution in the blood that he spilled at the cross of Calvary, which he offers free to anyone who will recognize they need a Savior, repent of their sins, and ask Jesus into their heart. With a sincere prayer, you can receive Christ today. You must be born again. There is no other way, no other truth, no other life, but that that is found in Christ. Sincerity is not truth. Opinion is not truth. Passion is not truth. Compassion is not truth. Love is not truth. Jesus, the Word of Almighty God, and those who hear the voice of the Son of God, though they are dead, yet shall they live. This is the truth. The second doctrine as we are closing that we must hold and which we must guide our lives by is the imminent return of Christ. What in the world does that mean? Simply put, there is nothing, never has been and never will be anything that has to happen on a prophetic scale or fulfillment, not since the sending of the Holy Spirit. There is nothing that has to happen before Jesus comes back. 
His return is imminent, always has been, always will be. We do know that there are some prophetic fulfillments that have to take place before the tribulation or before that great judgment day or the battle of Armageddon. But there are no prophetic utterances that need to be fulfilled in order for Christ to return for his church. There is an imminent return of Christ upon us. And since he is coming before these other things take place, it is important for us to realize that we are almost at the point of a tribulation, a worldwide tribulation, which will snowball into a great tribulation where the Antichrist will be revealed and where he will take over world domination of a one world government. I believe that the Antichrist is, is on the scene and I believe that, that Satan is setting up this world for a one world government. Open Open up your eyes and just look around you. But before that happens, I believe that we will hear a voice from heaven and the eastern clouds will break open and there we will see Christ coming in the air to gather us together. The dead in Christ shall rise and we which are alive and remain shall be called up into the air. There is absolutely nothing that has to be fulfilled before the return, before Jesus returns for his church. Jesus went to heaven, and when he did, he promised, I'm coming again. I'm coming again. I'm going to come and get you. The coming of the Lord is imminent. What do we do? What do you do to get ready for the coming of the Lord? Well, open your heart to the gospel. You must be born again. You must be born again. Open your heart to the gospel. Ask Jesus to come into your heart. Save your soul. You can do that right where you are right now. Ask him into your heart. You can do it sitting here. Ask him to come into your heart. If you've never done that before, never had a personal relationship with Jesus, don't tell me about you being, you know, belonging to a church or you being of this religion or that religion. Don't tell me the good works that you did. Have you asked Jesus Christ to be your personal Lord and Savior? Have you submitted your life to him? Are you all in? Did you give him your life? What do we do to get ready for Jesus, the coming of the Lord? Open your heart to the gospel and pray for his return. That's right. The last five verses in the Bible tell us about a church praying for his return. And behold, he said, I come quickly. The spirit and the bride say, come, we are the bride. Come on, saints, let's begin to pray for return of the Lord. Let's begin to pray all over the world. Let's begin to pray, saints, for the return of Jesus Christ. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. How do we help others prepare? Do not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. If they do not hear his voice, how can the dead live? Do not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And make sure as well that you are Jesus specific. Be Jesus specific. Realize when people are talking to you about God, trying to put up a wall and a barrier, and then tell them about Jesus. 
And if they say, well, I'm from this church or that religion or this religion, cut through that. It's time. Listen, we need to jerk some people, as Jude says, out of the fires of hell, hating even the garments that are stained with their sin. And I'm going to encourage you to do something that you may not feel comfortable doing, but I'm going to ask you, even if it's uncomfortable, do it anyway. I'm going to ask you, help others prepare. Pray with people out loud and lead them in a prayer of salvation. Don't leave it up to them. Pray with them out loud. Jesus will save their soul. Now may God bless you. May you be Jesus-specific and get the boldness it takes to pray with others out loud. This is no time, no time to waste time and realize the return of Jesus Christ could happen at any second, any second. Wow. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Even so, come. Thanks again for joining us for another relevant word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.